podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. LFC Day Trippers, brought to you by bookmakers.com. Hello, good evening, and welcome to the LFC Day Trippers brought to you by bookmakers.com. It is our first full-time Reds of the season. I'm your host, Matt. I'm joined tonight by Kev O'Sullivan. It is finished at Stamford Bridge, despite everybody's best estimations, shockingly, in another draw, but a score draw 1-1 as opposed to the regular nil-all that we've been having with them. Kev, we're back. Back. Premier League's back. Uh... Kind of the game I was expecting, to be honest. Bit of a mad helter-skelter. No real... Everything a bit disjointed. Everything a bit mad. Um, Had a bit of everything. We had control of it. They had control of it. They had good moments. We had good moments. It it had a bit of everything. But it's clear that both sides are missing. Um, Both sides are works in progress. Both sides have have definitely got things to do. But, yeah, yeah, no, I... It was a good game. It was a good game to watch. If you were a neutral sat home on a Sunday afternoon, you're enjoying watching that. You know, for a fan of either club, for for a fan of us, you've got to nitpick and go through it like it's a, as if it's an absolute disaster. But I said in the group chat there before we come on, we'll find out in a couple of months how good a point that is. Um, at the end of the day, more seasons, you go away to Chelsea and you get a point at Stamford Bridge. You're happy. You're coming away with a point, and you're moving on to your next game. And we'll see soon enough if uh, Pochettino turns them into a side that's challenging for top four or more. So, you know, at the end of the day, you take your point. First game of the season, plenty of positives, some negatives for sure, but you take your point, and you and and onwards to the next game on Bournemouth next, I think. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, wait. I think it's such a good way of looking at it. Like we were all very hyped up for the season. Obviously there's a lot of background hullabaloo over a certain he who shall not be named. I don't know about your feed, but on the international feed, they did not say the word Caicedo one time. It was like they were (laughs) told to, it was like they were told to not even go close to it. So they showed Bowley and John Henry in the ground once. And then that was it. And they didn't talk about it afterwards, but yeah, quite clearly. And I mean, and you can see from the lineup. So, I mean, obviously our lineup was, Fairly simple to predict. We end up going with the regular back five, a midfield of Gakpo, McAllister, and Sabaslai, which I have to say I'm surprised by. I didn't think Sabaslai would get the nod over Curtis Jones, but I thought he did very, very well today. Front yeah, three of Mo, Mo Jada and Diaz. So, I mean, obviously the talking point there is we're having to use Alexis McAllister in the sixth position because we just don't have that elusive defensive midfielder through the door yet. Were you uh, were you surprised about that lineup at all? Or were you expecting Sabasla no. to get the start? No, I mean, with who was available, I thought that was going to be the starting lineup. I didn't think it was going to be anything else short of an injury or something or something that we weren't told about. Um, yeah, no. Uh, the, the, unfortunately, we're in a situation at the minute where the team kind of picks itself. It's not a good place to be. It really isn't a good place to be. But saying that, yeah, it, I was, I was more looking at their lineup and wondering how in the hell is that? Go- how are they going to play? What are they going to do? And when their lineup came out, I thought, okay, okay, that's going to be interesting because, you know, the Sassy started with Silva, Colwell as a back three, you know, James and Chilwell as wing backs, 
Sanchez in goal, first time, first game for him. No preseason with Chelsea for him at all. Fernandez, Gallagher, and Chukwemeka in the middle of the park. I mean, I remember him when he was at Villa, and a lot of people who would be regulars in the chat would have um, been clampering for us to be in for him when he moved. But he looks a player, to be fair. He looks like he's developing physically. He's going to be a player. And Sterling and uh, Jackson up front. And, man, he's a proper handful, isn't he? That's my first time seeing him. He's a proper handful. But I thought the way that this was going to line up with us in playing that inverted fullback role, with them playing 3-5-2, I thought the game is wide. You know, the game is wide. And we started off, we had a brilliant start to the game. You know, it was um, the first bit of real action I saw, I remember off the top of my head, was uh, Dominic Sabozla going on a mad run, going through three or four of them, and Jota taking a snapshot off his foot. And it just went high and wide. And I thought, yeah, you know, this is going to be really good. We're going to be right on it. And we were. You know, we we played really well for the first half hour. You know, the goal came early on as well. You know, absolute cracking ball from McAllister into into Mo. Mo picked the, the pass inch perfect. Diaz's run was fantastic. You know, Jay, left James for dead. Inch perfect ball, 1-0. And it was, a, it was a reward for the start that we'd made. We were... Pretty dominant in that in that first 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, I mean, what did you make of the goal first and foremost? I mean, the goal was fantastic. I mean, in terms of how we're expecting Alexis McAllister to impact our team and our buildup, like he's clearly not a bread in a lab number six. No. He's clearly he's clearly not that, but I thought he did the role quite well today especially when that ball transitions from defense into attack. His ability to get on the ball, do that little half pivot, and get his head up and get the ball moving forward, it couldn't be exemplified any better than in the build-up to the goal. I mean, the ball goes back to Allison. He plays it out to Sabaslai. Sabaslai infield to Ibu Kanate. Kanate gives it to McAllister. And, I mean, the ball that he plays is perfect. Just yeah. perfect. Mo takes a touch or two, gets his head up. He sees that Diaz is about to make that run. He 100% has Dizazzi for pace after getting past Reese James. And then another, just like two beautiful balls back-to-back. Great finish. Yeah. Just great finish. I couldn't have been happier with that. I mean, that's that's how I'm expecting us to try to attack differently as opposed to the last few seasons of having a little bit more control in the middle of the field, a little bit better buildup in the middle of the field because the players we have there are more capable of playing the passes like McAllister's capable of playing. I, I mean, off the seat. There's nothing like the first goal of the season. So, I mean, remember that for the end of season uh, quiz that's coming up, that Luis Diaz <laughs> from Mo Salah was our first Premier League goal of the season. But, yeah. But I mean, then, yeah. I, you know, go on got, to, you know, we got in, we got one up, and it could have been two. It was, um, you know, Chelsea started to come back into it a little bit, but then we got the, Salah put the ball in the back of the net, and it was a hair's breadth offside. It was offside. There's no question about it. But that is what you get from Trent being central, that ball into Salah. It was just so close. It was a brilliant finish because um, everyone expected him to go into the far, far corner. Yeah. And he just waited for Sanchez to make a move and he slotted it away. And I thought, I was thinking, 2-0, oh, that was it. You know, 2-0, we'll run on from here. But, you know, 
it was offside. No, you can't argue about it. And it, it's like at the end of the day, no matter how much you dominate, we dominated that first 20, 25 minutes. Goals, goals make the difference. You can put all the pressure on you want. When you're dominating the game, you have to score when you're dominating. And on another day, Salatines that runs slightly better. And it, you're literally only talking a step, you know, a, a half a second in time you run. It's first game of the season. There's going to be rust for a while. And, you know, all well and good. And we're, you know, moving along. Everything is hunky-dory. You're thinking life is life is absolutely fantastic. And then all of a sudden, bang. And it wasn't it wasn't out of nowhere. Chelsea had got a foothold back into the game at this stage. And Pochettino had tweaked it by pushing Sterling wide out, out onto the right and doubling up on Robertson with Reese James because Diaz was trying to cover and come back. Gakpo was trying to get out wide, but neither of them could give Robertson the cover that he needed. And he was getting isolated and they were playing around him for fun and games and recycling the ball out really well. And, you know, the, day, the goal was so preventable, but it's so typical of the way we're we're defending. It was the second ball. It wasn't the first ball. It was the second ball. It was a bad header from Sabazlai that he made. He made a similar mistake in preseason in one of the games where he headed it down into a danger area. And I think it was might have been the game at Preston. But it resulted in the goal. And this one, he couldn't get his neck around to clear it because he wasn't in the right position in the first place. Couldn't get the clearance. And ultimately punished by um, by a, a goal from Desassi on his debut. But that is just, that's so frustrating because, you know, we've managed them well. Even though they were dominating the ball, Allison wasn't being called on to work at all. You know, it was, uh, that's the frustrating bit for me. You know, yeah, they were dominating the ball in wide areas. They were keeping it, recycling it, threatening a bit, but Allison wasn't forced into saves. Not many anyway. So to concede a goal like that would drive Klopp absolutely fucking mental. But, how do you see? Because this isn't unusual, and I don't know if Klopp is going to change. Where I and is it's the right thing to do for the back line to push out with the ball, but there has to be an awareness of second runners if you lose it. Everyone can't go hell for leather when you win the ball back and trying to score a goal because that's the ultimate aim. Is we need to be we're more dangerous on their set pieces. When we get the ball out, you watch. There's three, four, five players going. And when it works, you get a counter-attack goal against a runner player or whatever, and it's fantastic. But when you get caught, you're isolating centre-backs, and it's it's really, really hard to watch. I mean, what's the trade-off there? What does he do? <laughs> I mean, I think, I think the goal we conceded today is one that can be coached out of the team that, like you said, the coaching staff will look at that and just be like... Like we, we have to be better, like resetting after the scrambled set piece, you know, everybody's in their positions when the set piece comes in, it's that second, third phase of play afterwards. And we were just, we were caught a little bit cold. Like Trent was outmanned at the back post as normally happens when we concede goals from situations like this, it feels like, at least when we're playing Brentford, but 
he had a man behind him, almost certainly Chilwell, who was there. He was a menace all night. I thought Chilwell had quite a very good, good game in terms of in terms of stretching space and just occupying Trent and making that channel that much bigger. But Trent was the closest player to Dizassi, and he just lets him ghost in front of him, and he he pokes home from pretty close range. Other than that, though, like my biggest takeaway from the first half was how well Ibu Kanate grew into the game. I thought at halftime, just doing some kind of summations on it. I thought after kind of a shaky, he had one or so challenge in the first 10, 15 minutes, he was a little shaky on. And then after that, I thought Ibu Kanate was monstrous for us at the back. He did very, very well. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, they were a lot better than what I thought they were going to be, considering how many new players they have they have had in. But it's clear that Pochettino has been drilling these in this back three system, however he wants to play it, three four one two, for a good while. It it's um, and it's not alien to a lot of them because a lot of them who would have been at the club before would have played in back three. So it's a tough one to to swallow that in that in that to give up a goal that way. But then it could have been two. Yeah. You know, it really could have. Cody got caught by Fernandez. Um, Trying to nick the ball in front of the player, you know, it's a it's a, a tackle that a forward tries to make when he's in his own box. It's uh, but a midfielder can't make that mistake, and a defensive midfielder with a clear mindset, a defensive mind mindset, doesn't make that mistake. Um, but he got turned, ball came across, and it was offside um, eventually. But that was an. Just before halftime, that was on 40 minutes. And at that stage, I was just, just get to halftime. Because <laughs> no they were all they were all over us like a rash. All I was yeah. thinking is just get to halftime, get to halftime. You know, I mean... Yeah, it... At the, end of the, the... at the end of the first half, it's 1-1. And you're, my ultimate thing was like, for half an hour, we were well in it, well on top of it. And Pochettino tweaked it. And got them into the game, and we were holding on for dear life towards the end of that first half. Yeah, I, I feel that the game swung on the disallowed goal from Salah. Like, up until that goal was chalked off, we were really getting into the game. Like, the press from the front was working as well as I would have hoped it would have, having Jada and yeah. Gakpo playing in the midfield. We seemed to be doing all right. And then it was like when that got chalked off, we just completely went to sleep because after that, for the final 15 minutes of the first half, it was entirely Chelsea. And I was like you at about 40 minutes. I was like, we just need halftime. Like we, we just have to get in here at one all like, that's the best we can hope for. I would have been after their, their goal, their second goal got disallowed of like, just get in and get calmed down. But like, I'm going to give credit where credit's due. Uh, It feels like Maurizio Pasacino, if it wasn't his original game plan, he did a very good job of tweaking in game to realize that the potential attacking threat for them was going to be down Andy Robertson's side because they really shifted their emphasis. Like I think pretty much every team is going to come out of the blocks thinking attack Trent, attack Trent, attack Trent, because yeah. it's born fruit in the past. It's not a, it's not an insane tactic to take up for any team playing against Liverpool, but quickly Chelsea realized that actually with Sterling hugging that touchline over there, Reese James, I thought it had a very good game today. They're playing those little one-twos, and it was bypassing. Like, Luis Diaz was not nearly active enough in defense. And Gakpo on that side, I think 
I think that was Cody Gakpo's worst game that he's had for Liverpool. He's featured in every game since we signed him in January of this year. And I think that might have been his worst game. I He was not the defensive positive that I expected him to be to the point where at halftime you can legitimately be thinking like, do we need to make a change to get Gakpo out of midfield, whether that's swapping him out or taking Jada out because he did take that knock just before halftime. And there was maybe some concerns about that and getting Curtis Jones, getting a proper midfielder in there. I didn't think that would be an issue because I really think that Cody Gakpo has a lot of the attributes that you're looking for in an eight. If we're playing Mm -hmm. this inverted, inverted system to be one of those top two attacking eight positions, I like Cody Gakpo for that position, but he was poor and they were having a field day down that side. And just jumping into the second half, it I noticed, and I could be completely way off base here, that Enzo Fernandez was given instructions to push even wider. Push even wider because all of a sudden Enzo Fernandez started popping up with the ball five you know, yards from the touchline, creating mm. even more overloads on that side and causing us problems. And I've not been his biggest fan. Some people have opinions about Enzo Fernandez. His price tag is huge and whatnot. I thought today he was the man of the match today. I thought Enzo Fernandez he was yeah. fantastic. If, if, if they get someone in next to him, then, yeah, they're going to be a problem for sure. But the start of the second half, um, two things happen, really. Chelsea failed to clear a corner. Ball bouncing around the box. It came out to Van Dijk, and he ripped it. No. absolute perler of a right shot right just over the bar and we started off again we started the half well enough we had a penalty shoot, shoot, shout as well what do you think personally because it clearly hits his hand and his hand is not in a natural position because it's not protecting his face I I'll s- ask you I'll ask you because I've got I go on what do you think do you think it's penalty these, or no penalty? these handball situations bother me because whether your hand is in a natural position or not, I don't think you can say that the ball hitting his hand stopped it from going goalward. And to me, if the ball hitting your hand stops the ball from going into an even more dangerous area, there is some shout there for handball. You know, he turns his body, he's got his hands up like this and he turns, but the ball is about to go across the front of his chest into a very dangerous area and it hits him in the hand. I don't like those. Like I, I think that you're the defender there is using his hand to stop the ball from going into a dangerous area. And to me, that's the sort of reason why you have handball. All right. Well, the, in the chat, certain pen, Stonewall pen, robbed, and was out, Matt. Yeah. Um, I didn't think it was a handball when I saw it. Still don't think it's a handball. And my bar for handballs always is how would I feel if that was given against us and I don't see Bar chopping his arm off where the hell his hand is supposed to go I can ever I can honestly say I could I see it's in the category of seeing him given because if, if Taylor gives it it's not getting overturned but if he sees it and sees it as his hand is there and it's not outstretched, it's not away from his body shape, then and he says, No, I'm not I'm not giving that. No VR is going to overturn it. It's it's one of those. And I didn't think VR was going to interfere in it, but I definitely think that um 
it was just it's just one of the and another week in another weekend you'll see that given in another game. Yeah. Different referees uh, uh, for different, you know. It's hundred. It's one of them. I never thought that VR was going to interfere because there's no way Anthony Taylor is going to say he didn't see it. Yeah. So look, you just get on with it because the way the game was going for that few minutes, you know, we were going absolutely fine. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, yeah, well, shortly, very shortly after the handball shout, Enzo Fernandez gets the ball at the top of our box and plays a gorgeous first time, like half pass to just deflect the ball out into Ben Chilwell's path. And Allison makes such a great save. Like yeah. he yeah, is he such a goalkeeper. Yeah. <laughs> Where we would was... be right now. And I mean, <laughs> at that point, the game is completely wide open. It got real basketball-y around the hour mark before yeah, the team started making the changes. And the thing is, right, I looked at, I had a quick look at the stats to see, you know, what, you know, and it basically would confirm what you said or what I said earlier on. They had four shots on target. We had one. Yeah. For all of the game, we didn't have the ball. They dominated the ball. I'd argue that we actually probably had arguably the better chances we just didn't have it. We couldn't finish the chances that we did have. There were some good chances in the first half that either went wide, over the bar. Um, but in general, we didn't work a new keeper hard enough. And we couldn't get the ball out to Salah often enough for him to look at, to line up Kovo as a kid making his debut and really give him a problem. And a large, a large part of that, as a lot of people have said in the chat, is pure and simple. We couldn't control midfield. We couldn't control the ball. And yeah. at the end of the day, that is a. It's and I don't blame the players who are there. It's not really their fault. It's one of those that you need a defensive-minded midfielder to recycle the ball, as well as it gives you the protect. It gives other players around them the protection because. As good as a player as McAllister is, and as decent a game as he had, he he always had a problem with runners going off of him, and it happened a couple of times. And the other side of it is the um, other players around him will always have that in the back of their head, that split second, shall I, shan't I? You know, can I trust the player to go? Because you didn't see Trent coming inverted too often. For an awful lot of that game, it was a standard block four three three. Very much, and yeah. it even when we got the ball, we didn't. We rare. I think once in the second half for a period of time, after the changes had been made, uh, we saw Trent invert into that midfield role, and you saw us dominate the ball for for a period of play. But overall, look, credit to Chelsea in the way that they that they manipulated the ball in their system of play they they were very very good and we struggled with it but at the end of the day the height the second half really after the, you know it was played in the middle the middle third of the pitch no one really did too much going either side it was 
almost a case of look what you have you hold and both sides had that mentality if you can win it great but whatever you do don't lose it and that was the mentality that i got from the last 10 minutes but when the changes made when the changes were when the changes came first draft of changes was was a jones and darwin for uh yeah no problem with that no, I, t- I think Darwin was always going to get into the game. I think if he doesn't start, he's going to come off of the bench pretty much in every single game that he's on the bench for. Like, yeah, I, I, I'm expecting, I have no idea when the show we recorded yesterday is going to go out, but I'm really hoping and expecting that Darwin Nunes is going to have a big season. So I was excited to see him coming off the bench because I thought, you know, Dezazi is slow as glacier ice. Tiago Silva is turning 39 years old in a matter of weeks. Like, Let's get Darwin on there and let's have him go and attack at these two guys. And Curtis Jones, I thought he was going to start the game. So him coming on made perfect sense. Like it was one thing we said before the game uh, when the lineups dropped of when you look at our bench, the one thing that was missing for me off of our bench was that guy that you look to when the game's in the balance. And that's for me, at least comes entirely down to experience. It's that experienced head in the middle of the park. We're talking, of course, about your Jordan Hendersons, but especially a guy like James Milner to come on and just know the situation. Cause you've been there 80, 90 premier league games, you know, before you've been in every situation, you've seen it all, you know, what this situation requires from you as a player. And we don't exactly have that. I thought Curtis Jones did actually really well. Yeah. After he, did he came really on. Well. Yeah. I yeah. really like Curtis Jones's uh, little cameo that he had there. Darwin, a little hit and miss. I will say, he seemed a little bit more lively once his hair got pulled out of that tight ponytail. <laughs> I think he's being, I think Darwin's potential is being restricted by too tight of a man bun as uh, a member of the <laughs> long haired man fraternity. I'm going to, I'm going to suggest that he just goes and rocks out with it. Cause I remember there was but, one game last year where Holland's hair came out and he went into absolute fucking beast mode. So, <laughs> uh, uh, Mati Tarek here with a 50 NOK. I'm not entirely sure what currency that Norway, is. Uh, Norway, I think. Oh, sweet. Oh, yeah. Norwegian kroners. So 50 Norwegian kroners. Here's to hoping it trades at a good rate. But uh, Super Chat, thank you very much, Mati. He says, that was pretty sad. If this is it, it's going to be a long season. Elliot, best player. So Elliot came on in the second Elliot round of substitutions. On, yeah. uh, he came on with uh, Ben Doak for Mo Salah and Luis Diaz went off. Mati... Very much appreciate the the 50 kroner donation. Once YouTube takes its cut, all that goes into our charity sponsor. So again, if you're listening to the show afterwards, check out in the show description. There's a link to our charity that we're sponsoring this season, the 12 Dublin women running the Dublin Marathon, raising money for breast cancer awareness. So we got a nice little donation, 35 Norwegian kroners into that fund for Monty's comment. But I I, I really like Harvey Elliott. And I thought Harvey Elliott was very lively today in this game picking up very good positions there was one can't remember exactly when it was but he came over on the cover in defense and cut a ball out at the top of our box that could have been very dangerous and it just shows that he's that much more switched on to it but also Mati I don't think this is going to be it I think that there's going to be some additions to this squad yeah. uh there's there, yeah Hopefully we get some news between now and the next three hours when uh, Gav and the gents go live with the fat back four this evening but I mean, how did you well, like Ben Doak? How did you like Ben Doak? Let's. I mean, we don't want to say well, too much. I'm sure Shawnee's on tonight to talk about him. But I mean, 
Somebody asked here earlier what we made of uh, Salah's reaction. John Halton asked earlier in the show what we thought of yeah, Salah's reaction. Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to come to because you can't duck it and you can't ignore it. Um, I hate petulance in players. If a manager's telling you to come off, he's telling you to come off for a reason. You don't see the bigger picture. You don't see the wider picture when you're on, on the pitch. I don't mind, you know, head down, mutter to yourself, say, what's he, what's he playing at? What's the old guy playing at taking me off i'm the man this that and the other uh i'm sorry mo you did fuck all in the second half and we needed to make a change and you're getting that bit older and you're not going to play 90 minutes week in week out all the time i don't mind them being angry i don't mind players getting it you know have it being a bit angry when you're coming off but save it for the dressing room if you've got something to say say it in private not with the world watching and spitting your dummy out by throwing your tape on the floor. It's not as if we ain't got enough fucking problems at the club at the minute, rather than to have headlines of unsettled Mo Salad not happy at being taken off. Of course he's not happy, but he's also probably not happy at the fact that he didn't play very well in the second half and he couldn't get into the game. Either way, you take it into the dressing room with you and you say it to the manager to his face in private. You don't do what he did there. That's just 100% fucking wrong. And yeah. there's no arguing arguing about it. I uh, won't be fucking swayed either way. Yeah, On the substitutions I mean, themselves, look, the, the the two lads that came on, Ben Doak, Harvey Elliott, lively, energetic, got around the pitch. There was a one bit towards, well, I think it was about five minutes to go, Ben Doak got the ball, and there was an interchange with him and uh, Trent. And all I wanted to do was him to turn around and stand his full back up and run at him. And just see what happens. But didn't happen, didn't come. Uh there's gonna be plenty of minutes for him. This is why you didn't want him to go out and loan, because there's gonna be games for him. He's gonna play. And at 17 years of age, he holds absolutely no fear and no respect for defenders that he's facing. He doesn't care who you are, he's gonna take you on and he's gonna try and make something happen. Harvey Elliott, bundle of energy, quality on the ball, as an eye for a pass. It, it can't complain about it. He did fine, you know. But ultimately, it was an away from home performance against a side who I think Pochettino is going to do really good job with Chelsea. The fact that Chelsea this season don't have Europe is what is the blessing that we had when we were out of Europe, and a manager can work with his players five days a week on tactics, on system, on fitness, and. Use a core group of maybe 15, 16 players throughout the squad and, you know, just build and build and build. I think Chelsea are going to be um, interesting this season. They are, you know, in a month, in, you know, after seven, eight games, we'll look back and see if this is a good point or not. Yeah. If Chelsea do what Chelsea did last season and have an absolute banana season, you know, where the health of Skelter here, there and everywhere will be pissed off. If they go on a run and they start mounting results together, we'll look, turn around and say, yeah, that's a good away point. But ultimately, they bossed the possession of the ball. But when you actually look at the cold, hard facts of the, case, of the day, you know, it was pretty even all the way through. We actually had more efforts, but didn't work their keeper enough. Our passing wasn't as accurate and as sharp as it needs to be. We're definitely short in the squad, and there's definitely work to do. 
hundred percent has work to do in this transfer market. You know, whatever you do in your first game of the season, the most important thing is don't lose. Mm. You know, don't lose, don't waste your entire preseason that you've been building up for and go away to a potential rival and lose. It was important that we got that we got a point to come out of there, come out of that today. Yeah, I mean, a game like away to Chelsea, it's always just don't lose. Like, you know, unless it's yeah. the final three games of a title run in and you need the three points at an absolute minimum, I, like it's a very level headed and reasoned way of thinking about it. Of Let's wait and see where Chelsea are at the end of the season before we make total judgment on how good or bad this result is. And I, I totally agree with that. I mean, Chelsea finishing 12th, was it last year? Did they finish? Um, yeah, yeah, they finished, yeah. but they were a basket case. Yeah. They were an absolute oh. basket case from start to finish. I don't judge. I look at Chelsea and I look at a side who is who are perennial challengers, who are always going to be there thereabouts at the end of the season. They had an absolute mare last year, and it was telling how far out of his depth their manager was, how much of a basket case their owner was. But what you've got in Pochettino is a manager who a lot of people really want wanted at Liverpool if and when Jurgen when Jurgen Klopp leaves. I mean that's probably not going to happen now. But at the same time, he is up there with one of the elite managers in the game. He's in the top 10 managers in world football. And you yeah. give a coach and his coaching team time to work with a squad, he'll build them into a good side. You know, he will build them into a good side, no doubt in my mind. Yeah. It's I think at the end of the day, you know, if we're here in 38 game weeks at the end of the Premier League season, come what may it's very unlikely that Chelsea's going to be in the bottom 10. So that makes a draw at Stamford Bridge a lot easier for me to stomach because I like, I've been thinking about, you know, doing season predictions and stuff like that in the build up to this weekend's kickoff and trying to think about the season. And for me, I've really looked at it in just kind of like chunks of teams. And it feels like there's going to be nine to 11, maybe 12 teams this year that all legitimately could be drawn into a relegation fight. You know, maybe not one in May, but they could be in that relegation scrap in February sort of thing. Like I'm talking Crystal Palace, West Ham, Fulham, like teams that were confidently mid-table last year. So when I look at what are going to be the bottom 10 teams at the end of the season, we were dreadful against that group of teams last season, especially away from home. If we can pick up, you know, 49, 51, 54 points out of those 60 available against those bottom 20 teams, which last season is what Man City did. It's what Arsenal did. It's basically what United did. I think United got 48 or 49 points out of the 60 against the bottom 10 teams in the league. Chelsea's not going to be one of those teams. So this draw is going to look that little little bit better. But yeah. clear, like, I mean, there's no, we were accused of being ridiculously positive uh, very early on in the chat about this. There's no way of getting around it. I saved this one here from Darren super early in the show. He says a CDM will transform that team. And I liked it because it's both teams. Quite yeah. clearly, Enzo Fernandez and Alexis McAllister are both going to be more useful for their respective teams if there's a proper number six behind them that allows them to push further forward. Yeah, I mean, look, look at it from our point of view. Um it's no doubt, there's no doubt in my mind that we need three players. No doubt in my mind. And one of them needs to be a centre back who can cover at left back, who's a prop. I don't, I mean, I see De Sassi today and I don't think he's all that. I think the value 
uh, I think what Chelsea paid for him is his value. He's a 30, 35 million pound player. You know, he's not a superstar, but he's a decent, solid centre-back who will come in and do a job for you. You've got players out there in the market that can come in and be that player. You know, no problem whatsoever. It's That's, that's non-negotiable for me. The other one is six, ideally two. I think we definitely have to address midfield and you're that has to be you 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 need to see something happening this week i mean we've been saying this for weeks now and it, it's just get it's just dragging on. i'm sick to death of social media and social media reactions and itk journalists thinking they're this that and the other posting revelations about nearly bids and almost bids and thinking about bids and Sizing up, sizing up options. Yeah, yeah, no, fuck off. Come back to me when you've put a bid in. Until then, shut up. I don't care. I'm sick to death of it. I just Come want on. a resolution. I, I want us to keep the. I want us to keep the. Up and down. I want us to keep the bid in. We have to keep our bid in. And if Chelsea want the player, Chelsea will have to pay to get the player. And if Chelsea get the player, they're getting a phenomenal player. That's their issue and that's an issue for them down the line the, the, ultimately there's not more the, there's nothing more that the club can do but win this auction that Brighton go and have and have a verbal agreement with the player that he wants to come to the club and it all go pear-shaped that I there is nothing more that the owners of the club can do on that situation but over the weekend they have to be working on options they have to and it's not acceptable if they're not. If they're hanging their hat on this one kid, and I'm sure the lads are going to get into it in absolute detail tonight. If they're hanging their hat on this kid and it doesn't pan off, yeah, it, it's 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 crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no offense uh, to Gary. Yeah, I, I can't <laughs> a even, twist I, in the I, transfer I saga. And Twango is, is reporting that Gary Neville is saying it's a shame that LFC lost out on Caicedo because Gary I, Neville knows what's going on. I mean. It's it's certainly a strange, strange transfer saga. It's one that's going to be talked about for at least a few days longer. And, you know, maybe in future years ahead, people will be remembering fondly. I mean, it, I haven't seen anything this absolutely nutty since the Napoli effect here. Like, we're, we're short of a player having pictures taken, holding up a jersey, and then the transfer not going through short of reaching absolute peak madness. But... Who'd you like in the game, Kev? Who is uh, who is your man of the match for either team, and who'd you like from Liverpool? For us, for us, um, to, for us, how Virgil was go. Virgil was decent. Virgil yeah. was was pretty solid. Um, Ibu as well. To be fair, he, the only thing about Ibu that kind of um, frustrates me a bit, he gets dragged out, but it's not his fault. It's kind of the way I think it's his natural game. He'll go. He'll wander. He'll get he'll follow players out onto the wing and come back in but in general i thought he was decent he was good there's a lot to like about most of the players that played um mcallister his distribution is brilliant his vision is very good he's not a six he can do a job and against a lot of and against an awful lot of opponents he'll be fine in that role but i think cody was lost um Sabaslai did okay you know, bar his his header for, you know, 
that it resulted in their goal. That's something he's got to iron out of his game. Thought Mo was good for probably 30, 35 minutes of the first half. He just couldn't get enough of the ball. Jota was lively. Um, there, were, there was an awful lot of sixes and sevens. Yeah. You know, there was an awful lot of sixes and sevens. There was no eights, but there was no fours either. You know, there was no no one I'm going to turn around and say and absolutely hammer because they still went away and got a point against a potential top four rival or top six rival, whatever way you want to call it. it I'm not going to hammer anyone, but at the same time, there's improvement to be made for sure. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. It's I thought I thought our best player today was Ibukanate. I I really felt that he made a pile of uh, where's the one I have there? Seventy first minute, Nicholas Jackson had a breakaway, and Ibukanate comes back. It was when Trent and Mo got their wires crossed, and I think Trent played a really under hit pass to Mo, and all of a yeah. sudden Jackson's gone in an instant. I mean, he looks lively. That Nicholas Jackson that could prove to be a pretty good signing for Chelsea there, but it's Ibukanate was right there again. Virgil van Dijk, like Jake Semister said, he thought he, he thought Virgil was really good. Like it's it's so frustrating that we conceded from a set piece because I thought other than that, we defended the I mean, what a ridiculous thing to say. Other than the goal we conceded, I thought we defended the set pieces really well. But like I thought we defended the first ball from the set pieces really well. Yeah. You know, they didn't yeah. they didn't have one of those unmarked headers, you know, towering defender leaping up at a corner sort of thing and forcing Allie to tip over yeah. the bar for another and a series of corners after that. I, I I thought that was all well and good. I mean, I I think it's not even a question that Enzo Fernandez was the overall man of the match. Oh, yeah. Enzo Fernandez was very good. Yeah, he was um, very good today. No but I mean, in terms of who, who do you think struggled the most? Because I've seen some ch- uh, talk in the chat here, and I've kind of missed a few of the comments that are expressing a little bit of concern over Andy Robertson. Yeah, I Didn't think Andy Robertson, Andy Robertson struggled, but he struggled largely because of the players around him not getting out to give him the... They, and you have to give credit to Chelsea for isolating him in the way that they did. They pulled him away from Van Dijk and Cody and Diaz didn't do enough to sniff out the fact that Chelsea were looking to overload him with two-on-ones, three-on-ones, and play around him and work that space between him and Virgil. They were always trying with Sterling. When Sterling tried to was dropping out dropping out deep, trying to pull Virgil out to isolate Robertson to go in behind him. Um, yeah, look, it's... He wasn't brilliant, but at the same time, he didn't get done too often either. He's got... You know... The likes of Sterling and Reese James and Enzo Those Fernandez. Those are not shit give, players. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're not donkeys. They're going yeah. to give players problems and they can make you look like a right mug at times. You know, and it, it's just... It's, the, the problem is, the, for Andy Robertson, is the fact that Andy Robertson has been at the club now for a good while. He's pushing 30 years of age and he's not going to be able to be... And even in the system that we're playing, he's not going to be that up and down left back that we we're used to seeing because that's not going to be the way he's um he's asked to play. So he's got to evolve. But by evolving, it might help him as well. You know, it really might help him as well. But look, it's the first game of the season. 
I'm not exactly. going to. I'm not going to lose my shit over someone getting isolated a couple of times in the game. Can't. Yeah. yeah, and that's why I brought this comment up here from Thor to the dyslexic polyglot that says, "Lads, if this is the base, it is a million times better than the first game last year versus Fulham." Room for a little optimism. I mean, you said a million oh, yeah. times, and then a little optimism it seems like a <laughs> lot of optimism. I think it's a little better. Because yeah. you look at, the, in fairness, when you uh, they put up a stat on on what I was watching, and it was of Mo's scored in every goal, every first game of the season that he's played, barred this one. But then you look at the opposition that he was played against: Watford, Fulham, Norwich a couple of times. You know, it's like Leeds. It, it's kind, it's it's almost like the luxury of where you finish the previous season gives you a soft intro into the next season, almost as if the games aren't random. You know, that's a promoted side will always play a side who finishes in the top two. Uh, the champions are always going to end up playing against someone who they're expected to turn over. Yeah, it's the just Vincent you know, Company Derby. And uh, yeah, just randomly like that, you know. And then the other one is suddenly you want a 430 TV game that everyone's going to want to be glued to first game of the season. This season, it's also against Chelsea, you know, at the end of the day, two of the oh, biggest yeah. clubs in, Premier, in the Premier League. So, you know, it is what it is. Random. Yeah. Jackson impressed me. Jackson impressed yeah. me. Uh, I thought he's gonna. If he, he's young and he's raw, but there's a lot of potential there. That you know, he makes good runs. He's a strong runner, big lad, quick. It was one in the second half where Ibu ran with him and Ibu kept with him. You know, he didn't get away from Ibu. Ibu kept him on the kept him on the outside, and that was good to see as well. Um, Gallagher grew into the game. Sterling was decent. It was probably Sterling's best game against us for a while. I mean, it's a low bar, but, but I, I would agree with but, that. I would agree. But yeah, with no, that. in general, I think, look, there's, there's more positives than negatives to come out of this game. There, there is. There's a lot to be pissed about. But at the same time, you take your point and you look forward to Bournemouth next weekend, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I mean, precisely, especially because uh, we're going to have boots on the ground over in Liverpool for the next game. We got uh, Gav and Emmett are heading over there, and Gav's got a fancy new piece of equipment that's going to allow him to do some live YouTube streams right from the heart of Liverpool on match yeah. day. So I, I cannot wait for that. that. Yeah, I mean, there's just there's something different about I mean, as much as we all love the day trippers here, there's just something about the buzz that's in this. Like having been there twice, lucky enough to go twice in the last year, there's something about the buzz in the city on a match day that just, I don't know, it's like the cosmic microwave background radiation or something like that. Yeah. It just, it changes everything. But I, I completely agree with you. I mean, we all wanted the win, obviously. We didn't get it. Another draw with Chelsea, it ticks over. I My biggest takeaway from this is Chelsea are not nearly as shit as I was expecting them to be. I did not watch, regardless of the fact that they played their entire, I think, preseason in the United States, I didn't watch a second of Chelsea play in preseason. Yeah. So, I had no idea what we were getting in for there. So I think this Chelsea team is going to be better than I thought they were. Uh, Enzo Fernandez might not be the 105 million pound waste of money that he looked like he might turn he's into. A, no, Enzo Fernandez is a brilliant player. He's a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant player. But you put someone next to him, you put a couple of players around him who are of an equal standard, you know, or, and no disrespect to Gallagher. Gallagher grew into the game, but he fucking needed to. He was poor for a large part of that game, and he's he he's a transformative player because he's very good when he's when he's getting forward. It's like Alex Alexis McAllister for us. Alexis McAllister is wasted in the six. Yeah, he's very wasted much. in the six. You put him 
playing off a striker or you put him closer to Mo and he's a different animal altogether. You know, he did a job today, but you put him in an, an eight position or in a number 10 role and he's a completely different animal. And we'll see that. I no doubt about it. We'll see that as the season evolves. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I mean, we're all here. The uh, instant reaction afterwards. Again, uh, first one of the season with our new added time rules. I thank everybody for being a little patient with us. We're probably not going to hit the, uh, you know, half past the hour or top of the hour full-time reds that we were able to do last year, just simply because the, uh, the extra added time going on top of it. But that's more than enough for us because it's, two and a half hours until Gav and the Fatback Four guys are here to wrap things up on a Sunday night. And with a with an extra hour or two to, you know, have an extra can, have an extra smoke, take a little extra think about the game. I'm sure those guys will be able to go through it, maybe do some more body language watch in terms of Mo Salah being taken <laughs> off the field. I, the biggest for me is, God, I miss Bobby Firmino to just be there to do that look that he gave in the tunnel when Mo and Bobby, or when Mo and uh, Sadio had their little, brushed together against Burnley and having Bobby Firmino in the tunnel. We're going to miss that guy, but yeah. yeah. So uh, thanks everybody for joining us. Please, please, please hit the like button. If you're listening afterwards on the download, thank you for downloading and listening to a full-time red show from us. Uh, I'm hoping to be here with you guys for every single game for the season. Thanks Kev for joining me. There's going to be lots and lots of these going forward. So if you've downloaded it, go in, give the LFC day trippers podcast a five star or a thumbs up, whatever it is on your particular platform. All these little things help us keep all this stuff free for everybody. There's no paywalls here at the Day Trippers. But if you feel like you've got a few extra dollars or pounds in your pocket, check out the link in the show description or on the LFC Day Tripper social media accounts. Link to the GoFundMe page for the 12 Dublin women that are running the Dublin Marathon in October to raise money for breast cancer awareness. We're doing our hardest. They're doing their hardest. They've got a goal set of 20,000 euros they want to raise. We are 85, 90% of the way there. Yeah, we just need that final push to get us over the top, and we'll be all good there. So, Kev, any parting words before we get out of here? Yeah. Looking forward to the season. Someone said it in the chat there. Uh, Archie Dolan said in the chat there, looking forward to the season. Look, at the end of the day, I'm convinced this side will score goals. There is so many goals in it. There's so many chances that we're going to have and so many goals we're going to score this season. We're going to win a lot more games this season than what we did last year. It will play. We will be stronger when the when the window closes. I'm convinced of that. If we're not, that's going to be hell to pay. Oh my! I'd say yeah. If you think tonight's fat back four might be uh, a little spicy, just wait. If we don't sign anybody for the rest of the window, there is going yeah. to be some spicy, spicy shows. But here's fingers crossed that we get some more flip-flopping from all the ITK dum-dums out there in terms of this uh, Moises Caicedo thing. It's been down, up, down, up, down. Who knows where it's going to end up. John W. Henry and Todd Bowley are going to have an arm wrestling match in the middle of the pitch at Stamford Bridge to decide who gets the player. But until then, two and a half hours, everybody come back to YouTube, check out the Fatback for tonight. Thank you very much for joining us. This was the first of what will be hopefully 60 some of these full-time reds for the season. That's Kev. I'm Matt. Thanks for joining us. See you later. Sports Social Podcast Network.